Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. to another week of G-Tanks Just Bought It, the podcast where we talk about what we just bought and what you might need to buy next. I'm your host, Caroline Moss, and today I am joined by author Jessica Mernan. She is the author of One Part Plant, which came out in 2017, and she is the author of the upcoming book, Know Your Endo. It comes out at the end of April, April, April 27th. Yeah, yeah. Jessica, <laughs> welcome. I'm so excited. Thank you. And I just, I want to first thank you for making this podcast. It (laughs) has truly helped me during this pandemic being inside. I cannot listen to any podcast that feels sad. Like my friends are like, did you catch the new episode of the daily? It's like, who's listening to the daily? Yeah. (laughs) Why do I want to be more depressed? (laughs) So thank you for providing joy to my life. That is so nice. Thank you. Well, thank you for saying that. I really, I love doing this. It's really kept me both on my toes and just like, you know, trying to find the joy in the everyday because I don't want to talk about the pandemic um, because it makes me too sad and it's all I think about. So for like an hour a week, I get to just like not. And I I appreciate that hour and I appreciate you coming on. I'm really excited about your book. You're a friend of Serena Wolf's friend of the pod. Yes. And, and I just cold reached out to you after you talked to her. I was like, hey, have you read this book? Because I'm like, <laughs> I felt like you would like the Bachelor book. What's up? One to watch? It's the, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one to watch. So good. And Wait, yes. Or I maybe you it. told me about that, but I, to- I reached no, you out told, to you about something. You reached out to me about that. And I think I told you, I'll find it in our emails, but we were doing some yeah. like book, we were doing some book club recs <laughs> on, upon first email. It was a Mount Me in Heaven. Just- I can sniff it out with someone if they like the same books as me. <laughs> me too, or else I just force it on everyone. Everyone knows I've forced Ellen Hildebrand on many, many a people. Um, tell me about like your, I, you have basically taken your endometriosis diagnosis like into your own hands um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, tell yeah. me about the process of that and then putting that all into book form. As I am on the PCOS side of, mm-hmm. um, you know, problems in, in, in utero. Um, yeah. and, <laughs> and it's hard. There's a lot of conflicting information. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, gynecologists who won't even really like touch that stuff with you. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's perceived kind of the same way someone struggling with a chronic illness would be like that, you know, a lot of pain isn't believed. I mean, endometriosis really is, can be really chronic and, um, it is a chronic. Yeah. yeah. And the pain isn't believed and the struggle isn't believed and you're here and you've written now two books about it. Like what, what did that look like for you kind of in the beginning, you know, figuring out your diagnosis and, and trying to figure out what, how you needed to live, to live with it. 
well, it was very dark in the beginning. Uh, I was supposed to get a hysterectomy 10 years ago. And I've, you know, I, I think with endo, sometimes the stages don't matter. I have stage four, which is like top dog stage. Yeah. Um, but I think if you, if you have stage one, you could have a lesion on a part of your body that causes you more pain than someone that has stage four. But I had very significant disease in my body and I just, you know, I didn't know anything back then. I mean, there weren't even, there wasn't even a podcast like yours that had a guest on to talk about endo. Like there wasn't a lot out there. Yeah. And so, yeah, I went to message boards. It was very gloom and doom and I was ready to get a hysterectomy because I just thought this, you know, and knowing, not knowing back then either that a hysterectomy doesn't necessarily take away your pain. So did someone just little... tell you, like, did a doctor tell you, like, this is the best? I mean, that's a huge surgery. Oh. I mean, it's, it's massive. I mean, it's one of the biggest. Um, well, and if you look online at a lot of top medical websites, a lot of the websites say that a hysterectomy or hormone therapy are basically your two choices. That's not, I mean, it's devastating to read that. Yeah. And yeah, a doctor told me, she was like, your choices are to go on these hormonal drugs or get a hysterectomy. And I didn't want those in my body after I read about all the horrible side effects. It's like, mm-hmm. I remember I looked it up. It was like depression, hair loss. And like, okay, I feel like my hair is the only thing going for me at this point. <laughs> so like, if I fucking lost that. Like, I'm not, I know that sounds silly, no, but it's I, like, I get it. you have to have one thing that you felt like was good about yourself. And so, yes, it was, um, it was really, really, really dark. And, um, a friend knew that I was going to get a hysterectomy and she just sent me a link about how a plant-based diet can help endo. And this was on a very outdated website. I don't even think it exists anymore. And I thought, I'm kind of a people pleaser with my friends. And I'm like, she sent it to me, so I should try it. Not thinking it would work. And I did. And slowly my pain began to fade. And like, I want to, I always like to make clear, it wasn't just the food that got me out of bed. It was like getting out of bed meant that I could have better mental health, which meant I could move my body again, which meant I could be with friends again. It was like this whole domino effect. Mm-hmm. And And I think... I think creating lifestyle tools is like the greatest way to manage endo. But I think even more important than that is knowing the information about no, a hysterectomy might not take your pain away. No, pregnancy is not a treatment for endo. There's a lot of doctors that tell women that it's bananas, dude. Like what people are told. It's very like when I, just, I posted there's no other a- word for it. It's weird. That's weird. Yeah, you should get pregnant. That'll help you. Well, you're not pregnant forever. I mean, like, I know. And then you have a child. And then you have like, a what baby. Is- <laughs> there's other pain associated with that. I mean, like that's that's a crazy thing. So yeah. So know your endo. Just that title of the website and the book was truly born from the fact that like I just want people to know what they're dealing with. Like it's devastating to me to find out that. So many people with endo don't even know the symptoms. Like the, I had this one woman reach out to me and said that before I saw your website for 20 years, I did not know that fatigue was a symptom of endo. So I thought that I was just lazy and tired all the time. It's mm. like, no, it's like one of the biggest symptoms of endo yeah. is fatigue. So yeah. I think knowing the symptoms and being able to empower, and I hate, sometimes I hate the word empower because when you're like in the darkest place, you're like, 
fuck you. Like I'm, I don't feel empowered right now, Sure. but I think knowing all the information can just like, just move you along a little bit. Yeah. That it's so I'm still stuck on. You should get pregnant to get rid of your endo. <laughs> Sorry. That will haunt me now forever. Um, yeah. Plant, plant-based diets though. I know, I know can be sort of like a little controversial in that, in that sometimes it's a, it's a catch all and a way to tell someone who has chronic endo pain that because they've been eating, because they ate like a cheese quesadilla or because they ate a hamburger, you know, their pain is bad. Like, Oh, you're doing this to yourself or, you know? And so how did you, how do you reconcile the fact that like, you know, shifting to a, a plant-based diet really worked for you. Um, it was, it was finally a solution that did not involve, you know, a massive surgery or a child. Um, and so I will literally never forget that will haunt me forever. Um, and, and also the, the idea that some people might with endo might try this and it still doesn't take their pain away. Oh my God. Absolutely. So I think that in one part plant, I think I said it a hundred times that this worked for me. It might not work for you, but, but shifting into know your endo, there is a food chapter and it really focuses on what I call good food, which equals food that doesn't make you feel bad. Sure. So it's like, it might not be an all plant-based diet, but I think that the key is, is to, you know, look for foods that are lower inflammatory foods. Like if we know that these higher inflammatory foods could potentially inflame us. Maybe you don't eat them the days of your period. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I also do make it clear that like, even with the best diet in the freaking world, you could still be debilitated in pain. Mm-hmm. And that but, pain is real. And that pain is real. But, but I think that's almost another indicator to push harder for answers. Yeah. Like where is, where is this lesion located? Why do I have this giant cyst, but my doctor's telling me that don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the thing that I interviewed and this thing, this is something that has stuck with me since the day I spoke to her, but I interviewed a woman for my book that wasn't diagnosed until she was 53. And at that point, her organs had fused together because of her endo. And for 30 years of her life, she had told her doctor how much in pain she was. So you know, and I think with a lot of people too, like just to continue to say, like, find a new doctor, find a doctor who listens, like that's harder than it sounds. We don't and- live in a socialized healthcare country. <laughs> like you can't, sometimes there's only like two doctors and sometimes you can't afford. And sometimes you don't have health insurance. I mean, like, that's crazy to be like, yeah, just fi-. like that. What a, what a wild, yeah. Wild. Yeah. So, so yes, I, a hundred percent acknowledge what you're saying. It's laid out in the book that like, I think even with the best tools, yeah, you can still have some really shitty days, but I think my mission is to have more good days than bad. Sure. That's a great <laughs> and, mission. And, <laughs> I mean, and I, it sounds like opposite of toxic positivity, but it's just, um, it's the reality. I think we have to define our best with endo because it's going to be very different than someone that doesn't have it. Sure. Let's do a pivot to your shopping habits during the pandemic. And I'm not talking about groceries and I'm not talking about, 
I'm not talking about like your necessities. I get it. We're all doing grocery delivery or we're like going to the grocery store like once a month and just going ham and then never going again. Tell me about like what your comfort shopping has been like. Are you doing more online shopping? Are you doing less? Did you like do some home office stuff? Like tell me everything. Well, I don't know if this counts as like an online shopping thing, but I spent a shitload of money to get my backyard done. <laughs> nice. Yes. I don't know if that counts, but it definitely was. Tell, a, tell us a, more. A, came out of my bank account. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also feel like a jerk that I even have a backyard because, and to be clear, it's, I don't know, like maybe 300 square feet. It's like not a very, maybe two, I don't know square footage, but it's small. Okay. Um, I mean, it's outside but, but though. Yeah, it's outside. I think I lived in Chicago for 18 years. So I still feel like this is like I live in like a mansion or something because I have like something that I can go outdoors to. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just decided to, I was very hesitant to always spend money on that. And then I just went for it. I like planted, when I say I, I hired someone Mm -hmm. to plant a whole bunch of fruit trees, a whole bunch, like I've got blueberry bushes. It's just like decked out because I thought if we're going to be inside all the time, why don't we have like something pretty to look at? Yeah. So I dropped some dough on that. Other than that, I have been, I haven't really been, I've been hoarding money. I would love to say the same. (laughs) Good for you. Hoard that money. Because I just, I mean, I will say I've spent a ridiculous amount on books because I'm such a library person, but Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't go to the library right now. So Mm -hmm. I think most of my money has gone to books and pajamas. Books and pajamas are like such a wonderful (laughs) thing to have bought during the pandemic. Like that's wonderful. Wait, tell me, tell me where you live. Where are you guys based? I live in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. So you actually can do some outdoor stuff. Like is Yes. It gets a little cold, but you can still be outside. Yeah. I mean, it gets to 50 here and people are like, oh my God, it's freezing outside. Yeah. And we're like out there like shirtless. Yeah. It yeah. Feels yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after Chicago and like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And we, we went to, we're in LA after New York for 10 years. So everyone here wears like a puffy coat and it's 62 degrees. And I'm like <laughs> yeah, in my exactly. bathing suit. So it's very funny. I'm like, oh, it's tanning weather. Um, <laughs> So do you, so your backyard, do you guys, do you spend time there? Like, do you, do you have like a seating situation? Do you read out there or is it just plants and gardens? And I love that you asked this because I thought long and hard about, do I have seating, but there's just something way more beautiful about it being an open space. So if someone comes over, I pull a bench out. Nice. <laughs> and then I have a, I bought a hammock. Yes. And um, I have that and I have a cute little fire pit. Other than that, I just thought it would be beautiful for it just to be this. And I mean, realistically, because it's small, if I had some chairs that would be the end of space, it would be the end. And also they couldn't be six feet apart. Sure. I, I love that you hired someone to come in and do the, like the, which is something I do not, I am such a, I can figure this out myself person. And then 10 years later, it's done for this. I'm like, why not? Because totally. I, I don't know where to plant things. Well, definitely. And, and and as someone without a green thumb, and I married someone who's very like we have we have um 
garden beds in our backyard and Dan like actually has fun digging them up. And I'm like, well, I can't imagine what that's like. But like <laughs> gardening, especially that's a finicky thing. Like you plant a fruit tree wrong. You've just wasted a lot of time and money. And and it's yeah. not something that's just going to be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, the plant will figure it out. Like you have to plant things correctly. You have to like put them in the right place. You have to like get the kind of plant that is you know, conducive to the environment. And those are all things that I would absolutely skip over and be like, I want an <laughs> avocado tree. Yeah, I live in, I live in Maine. I'm getting an avocado tree. And I can't believe it's not it's not harvest like I can't harvest any avocados from it. That would be me. So I think it's really smart because you probably actually saved yourself money and time. I love this. I love this theory. I'm and I'm happy say- to convince you that you did the right thing. <laughs> truly. And I will say I did get a garden box two years ago in our backyard and I took a class, a gardening class that was specific to Charleston. Cool. Because I started looking online and I'm like, oh, if you live in Santa Fe, it's very different to garden than if you live in Ohio. But there's all these like YouTube videos. It's like now it's time to pull the carrots and it's like a completely different month. (laughs) I live in the (laughs) desert. Yeah, exactly. No, that is fucking genius, obviously. And you're right. Like, you have to do something that's like, here's the exact spot on earth. Here's the exact patch of earth you live on. And like, here's what you can do with it. Yeah. So what did you learn? Oh my gosh, dude. This woman named Rita, it's called Rita's Roots. Shout out. If anyone lives in Charleston, take one of her classes. Love that. But um, she teaches you basically, I mean, in Charleston or South Carolina, it's very different. Like you plant strawberries in um, the beginning of winter. Like that's mm-hmm. not normal right. in other areas. Right. Um, and, and I learned, you know, you don't need a lot of stuff either. And don't she, know what that's I don't know, like. I just... <laughs> My whole life is stuck. I'm, I'm, I'm a hoarder. Um, so, so, so did you do a strawberry? I did strawberries. Mm. I'm never planting them again. Um, I thought it was, I, oh, here's the thing that I've learned with mm. gardening. This is, sounds so just whatever, not cool, but I've learned that why, like I planted like a cantaloupe, for instance, why take up the space for a cantaloupe? You're going to get one in like four months. So, <laughs> but, but I felt, but I felt so proud that I was planting a cantaloupe. So now I no longer, um, I'm, I'm sticking to the big producers or yes. as they call them in my gardening class, the prolific growers. Wow. Rita. I love that. Well, that <laughs> makes a ton of sense. I've, I've asked several times if we could do watermelon in the backyard and the, and the thing with watermelon as Dan tells me, is that they're they're spreaders. When they grow, you can't do a plant box for a cantaloupe or a watermelon because they right. will come up against a literal wall and they will not be able to grow. Like they need a full they need their space. They need their space. Yeah. So I was sad about that for like a minute. But like tomatoes are really good. Beans are really good. Even broccoli can be good. Peppers, you get so peppers, many peppers. Peppers that can be really good. Yeah, we have um what, do, what else do we have? Uh, we got we had do, we did some Swiss chard. And when I say say we, I do not mean me at all. Uh, <laughs> I've done nothing. Um, but yeah, the, and like, but things like potatoes, like cantaloupe, like watermelon, like you have to know Too going much space, in. Man. Yeah, you can't you can't just like do one. Like I know it. Well, would that's be- what I did, and it was <laughs> a bad idea. <laughs> but did you get a cantaloupe out of it? 
and I'm telling you, I, I have like I felt more proud than that than like getting a book deal. Like yeah. it was like I made this. I I'd be like I made this candle. It's like you actually didn't do anything. You planted it and watered it. <laughs> yeah, but you're living but off the land. I <laughs> that's just my one cantaloupe. <laughs> it, I, I kind of like to imagine that you still have it in like a in like an airtight shrine where it just like lives for years and it just you just look at it every day. Um, no, no, it is a very because it it harkens back to like just the natural way of the earth. <laughs> um, like, you yeah. know, you grow, you like you utilize your land, you grow, you harvest, you eat. And like, ret- you know what I mean? Like, we, I just don't, it, you feel really proud when you produce you something do. yourself. And I will say like, all of this is so foreign to who I used to be. Like when I, when I got my book deal and I ran into old friends, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm writing a cookbook. And they're like, you don't cook. And I'm like, it's a plant-based cookbook. They're like, you only eat like lean cuisine. It's like, <laughs> but people can change. Yeah. We can evolve. I, I never thought in a million years I would have a garden and that I would actually know how to do it. But Rita's roots, man. Rita's she taught roots. me the way. That is so that what a great tip that I feel like I know it, it seems so obvious, but it obviously is not that like anytime you see a gardening YouTube or a planting TikTok or whatever, the most important thing to know before you try to do it yourself at home is where they are, like what, where they're doing it. Where do you live? And you need, you literally need to know the actual like parameters of their, like how much sun, how much shade, how much rain, how much snow, like what month is this? Like when you're like filming this, like what time of year is this? Because that's, I think a lot of people get really, I've seen this a lot in the pandemic where everyone started getting a lot of plants and then some people's like monsteras would be like flourishing and other people's would be dying. And it's like, yeah, but you can't just because it looks amazing in that corner, like it's a literal plant. And like, if that corner gets too much sun, your plant's going to die. And you know what I mean? Like you, you really like plants don't give a shit about your Instagram. You know what I mean? Like you can't do anything (laughs) for the aesthetic. Like you actually have to go by the plants rules and not like what will look cute on your grid. But I'm very annoyed already preemptively with all uh-huh. of the people who like after all is all this is over and we're all vaccinated and like kind of we return to the hustle and bustle of life because you know it's going to happen. Everyone's like, "No, I think we'll like definitely slow down." No, we won't. We're not going to slow down. We've just been sl- like no one's going to slow down. No one's going to be like, "Yeah, we're staying home more." Like everyone's going to go Insane. Everyone's gonna be like a. Everyone's gonna be like their twenty first birthday every day for like two years. Like everyone's gonna be blackout drunk, like staying out till four a.m. making awful decisions because they can get close to people again. But like the people who are gonna emerge out of this and be like, yeah, so it was very difficult, and I we didn't, you know, obviously we were home all the time. I wrote three books. I wrote three books, and I wrote two screenplays, and I'm gonna be like, I wrote sixty thousand tweets fuck (laughs) like I'm already mad at all of those people and I have various group chats where we are placing bets on like who's gonna do it oh my god I love you know they're gonna come you know people are gonna be like I wrote four I wrote four screenplays during this time okay fuck you this time really inspired me it's like really I was actually super productive okay (laughs) great oh my god gross I hate them good for them yeah 
I hate them. No, don't. Not good for them. <laughs> Only good for me. Uh, no, I, I get very jealous of my friend Jess Goodman, who wrote They Wish They Were Us. Have you read that yet? We, I know we have to talk books throughout, but you would love it. Wish. Is that the one? Wait, is that the one that's like more of a team? Yes, it's a why it's kind of YA. It's like a secret society and there's like a death and they are there was like a death their freshman year and then like by their senior year all the secrets come out. It gets very like pretty, pretty little liars, Riverdale. Okay. This is this is a good intervention for you to have with me. I am always a little bit skeptical and will I like YA? Yeah, YA has come a long way since we were YA. I mean, like I read I read The Hunger Games, which to me, nope. how did you call that YA? Sure. Like, that's not YA at Too all sexy. to me. Right. But sometimes I'm like, will I, would I like that book about high schoolers? Although all I do is watch shows that have high schoolers and college people. So. Yeah. It, I, so YA is amazing because I think now a lot of YA is written by people our age who, who understand and. I think are making up for the fact that when we were younger, it was just like Sweet Valley High and Babysitter's Club and like all well and good. I mean, I that was like my blood type, you know, when I was like (laughs) 13. And and it also instilled my love of of reading and just like binge reading, too. You know, you could just fly through all of those books. But I think that like YA has come a long way since the late 90s. And it is now... If yeah, if you like watching the shows, if you like like a Gossip Girl, if you like a Pretty Little Liars, which I'm watching right now, and have you watched oh Pretty God, Little I've Liars? Seen, uh, I watched every single episode when it came out, like years past. We're, I loved that. Show. <laughs> this is going to be the most frenetic episode yet because we're like, oh my god, <laughs> the, the books and the and the, and the shows and the and the food and the, okay, but no, we have to talk about this. So I'm watching Pretty Little Liars now. First of all, yes, you would like They Wish They Were Us. Um, my. Closing the loop on that thought, Jess is one of those people that like I text her every day and somehow in between those texts, she's writing another book and I'm not doing that. So I'm like, <laughs> I need a contact high off of her worth eth- work ethic. Yeah. Um, You would like it because if you like Pretty Little Liars and you like Gossip Girl, it's like, OK, this is in book form and you're a reader already. So you like reading, you know. I don't I feel like I can't say the same for people who are like oh I just like watching shows like would I like a book that's like similar to the shows but if you already love to read books then like yeah you will like a book that's very similar to the shows that you like to watch I am watching Pretty Little Liars right now you sneeze and you miss like six plot points in that show oh my god I cannot understand what's happening but I'm so dedicated to getting through it I just finished season two (laughs) <laughs> oh wow you're as they say early days on I'm uh, early days on PLA. Love Island <laughs> yes <Yeah>. right <laughs> it's early days I think you can't do accents either it's early days um I I'm on I'm the end of season two every time I blink or pee I walk in and like someone else is dead and like someone else is a and I'm like Google so <laughs> I <laughs> don't understand what is happening but I've realized that the key for me to watch I'm so excited that you've watched it because we can talk about it is I need to read Wikipedia summaries <laughs> of the episodes while I'm watching so that I feel comfortable moving on to the next episode because I'm trying to finish I'm trying to do this like swiftly I'm not trying to yeah. dedicate the yeah. entirety of 2021 to watching Pretty Little Liars it's like six seasons or whatever seven seasons maybe I I'm very confused if I keep rewinding things we're never gonna get done I read right. like bustle recaps as I'm watching I'm like oh okay because like Sometimes. No question though. Do you read with your phone? I mean, do you watch with your phone? 
What do you mean? Are, like, you, do, are you like texting? Are you well, Instagramming? I've learned that with this show, you can't do that. <laughs> and that's difficult for me because I love watching TV with my phone. The show is good that I want to be watching. Like, I don't want to miss like big things. Yeah. But I also. Let me ask you this. Yeah, pl- please it, interview me, yet. Jess. Please. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. I want that. Like, please okay. don't apologize. I'm asking it. for it. Not to get too in the weeds on Pretty Little Liars, because if someone has not watched it, this might be boring. But I do want to know from you right now, yeah. who is your least and most favorite character? Because there were some characters that when they would come on screen, I'm like, how is this person A, famous and B, cast for the show? Well, first of all, you have to give credit where credit is due. Bianca Lawson has been playing high schoolers for like 25 years. Yes. yes Bianca yes. Lawson. What the fuck? Like, I'm drop the skincare routine and don't tell me it's drinking water because right you have something you're doing. Like, I have to just give. I like her a lot. Um, no spoilers. I won't say anything. One uh, sidebar is that once I I tweeted something about the 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 finale of Dawson's Creek in like 2015, (laughs) and like I got yelled at for like spoiling it. And I'm like, no, if if a show ends in 2004, you're allowed to talk about how it ended 11 years later. Sorry, I know it's streaming on Netflix now. I know you're all watching it for the first time. I'm not going to be like, oh, like anyone not seen Dawson's Creek? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, so Pretty Little Liars. I actually love Troy and Belisario. I Spencer. I, oh, okay, Spencer. She yes. is one of my favorites. Um, I think Jenna, whoever plays Jenna, is really, really good. Mm-hmm. My least She's like kind of an influencer on Instagram. Now. Oh, cool. Really? Wait, is Jenna? I'm sorry, I haven't watched her. Jenna's the blind person. Yes. Okay, yes, yes. Um, I think some of the worst acting on that show. I'm I'm here and there on the girl who plays Hannah Marin. Um, also, Troy Ann Bel- Belisario, another person who's older than me and playing like an 18 They're all, except for uh, Lucy Hale. Yeah, except for her, they were all older. Yeah. I don't like, like significantly older. I don't actually I don't like a lot more people than I like. I think Spencer is very good. I don't I don't like the um the girl who plays Allie. I don't like the guy who plays Toby. And oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. Toby, that's who I was gonna mention. Is your least favorite? He has no facial expression. But you know what? Like, I will, no spoilers because (laughs) you're only on season two. But yes, Toby, for a long time, I was like, I have a hard time watching these scenes. Yeah, he's very, it's very, I try to imagine like, who of these people would I have wanted to fuck in high school? And Toby, Toby comes up as someone who's like hot. Like, every time he takes off a shirt, I'm like, I get it. Like you're hot, but you're also so boring. I can't even wrap my head around it. Yeah, he might be like a friend that you talk to in history, but not someone that you'd want to have sex with. Until he takes off his shirt, and then you're like, hmm, maybe I would have sex with Toby. But even that, it's kind of uh, yeah. I, I I just I'm kind of in the camp of I whatever. This is gonna sound whatever, but like I I get annoyed by. I think there's a lot of celebrities and sometimes famous people that have amazing bodies. So therefore they are hot. Duh. That's now, like all a celebrity. That. I know, but it's just like, I, I just kind of like, no, you got to bring something else. Up? Are you attractive to me? Like from the head up? Like, are you funny? Are you I funny? Just, yeah. 
the just the body is hotness i just i rebel against wait who is your <laughs> we're going all over the place i hope everyone likes this episode because i'm not i'm not apologizing for it who is your <laughs> who is your biggest celebrity like like in that vein Ooh. who's who's on your oh. hall pass like okay there's a two there's a combo and okay. i really only have to and they are so obscure does your dan okay. know about this or when he listens to this episode oh. Has he, he given First of all, I don't let him listen to podcasts I'm on because it makes me. <laughs> That's probably a really um, good secret well, to a he, successful he marriage. He actually feels like it's weird. He never has listened to my podcast. He feels like he's always says, I feel like it's a very personal thing for you. Oh. So, like, you just like do that. And I'm like, good, because I don't really want It's fine. Yeah. Okay. He definitely knows about this because I talk about. I talked about this one person at length all the time and then also <laughs> talked about this other person. Okay. okay. I have two. Okay. Holder from season one of the killing and season no idea two who that is. well who is that <gasps> i'm looking at okay her. she's breathing heavily everyone she's having a moment hold on now, hold he her. might not look uh, he might not look hot and no 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 i'm not i'm not here it, to judge hold on let me say it's her. a it's a vibe he has no, no, so I get much that. let's see so much swagger he was troubled i like to save i was people. gonna say do you want to save someone okay um, oh yeah. Okay, I get that. It? I get it. Okay, second one. Oh, he's cute. This is also. This is an okay. And if you if you search for him speaking, he's Swedish. Rio from Good Girls. Oh <gasps> yeah. Oh, dude, when he would come on screen and call, I get it. What's her face? Elizabeth Beth. You were you were in it. Yeah, no, I get this. Like, I had dreams about Rio. <laughs> no, I like just you have so a this real is, type. You like a it's bad a type. boy. It's kind of like a bad boy, which is funny because my husband is the nicest guy. Well, it's nice when we world, don't marry like, the bad boys. Yes. Yeah. Prior to Dan, all I did was date horrible bad boys. I get um, that. Like, I think my very first boyfriend, I mean, he was probably an extra in kids. Like, you know, like the skateboarders that were just horrific people. Like, that's who I was attracted to. And my whole friend so, group in high school was so into kids. And I get that deeply. <laughs> yeah, I understand. You like, you were, you, when you watched the OC, you liked Ryan. You weren't a set. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, these- I, I, I definitely like someone that is a little bit bad, yeah. but, but I see goodness in their heart. You're like, I know inside. what they are capable. I, yeah, no, I yeah, get and it. I, this- could, I could change them. This is a lot of therapy that you could be doing in high school. Like I'm like, this is, I, I understand what you're doing. Like I see this, I see this. Okay, in but the- my ultimate, ultimate, ultimate. Yes. Hands down is Julius Irving. Great one. As my hottest man, like, ever made. Great one. Great yes, one. Dr. J. Great forever, one. Forever, all time. And Do, a good man. Dr. J. Yeah, Dr. J is, like, that is, that is like, the holy grail of bad, Hot, bad boy, good suave, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just, like, swagger. Beautiful, mm-hmm. athletic talent. It's just everything about him. What a, what a list. And also, may I say... <laughs> You were prepared for that. You, you have, you have those. Well, right. Because it's, I have very few, like, I'm not like a Brad Pitt person. No, I no, don't no, no, think no. George Clooney is hot. Like, I don't think the traditional people are hot. So when someone comes on my radar, 
that I'm having sex dreams about, I remember. <laughs> yeah. No, I get. I totally get that. I never yeah. really had celebrity crushes. So I was like, this isn't realistic. Like, this isn't a good way for me to spend my time. They're not going to. Yeah. Like- and that's the thing. I don't even really follow follow celebrities on Instagram no. either. I'm like, they, these are not my people. Like, I don't actually know them. Right. So I'm like, I'm never going to get to have sex with them. So we should just be doing other things with my time. And I don't actually want to know Rio or Holder in real life. Yes. Again, it's the characters that I want. To sure. Be with. Sure. Those are good ones. Those are really good ones. What about you? Tom Everett Scott. Squeaky clean. Wow. You know, he, you know, he came on the podcast. That was like a whole thing. Really? Yeah. About a year ago, like in April, I saw that thing you do for the first time because Dan was like, I can't believe you haven't seen that thing you do. And I was like, I haven't seen that thing you do. And then I was like, oh, my wow. God. That was the first time I was like, I'm he's having. so cute. He's so cute. And he's still so cute. You know, he was cute. So cute. Yeah. What was that show that he was on that was really. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I watched so all good. the episodes of that. Yeah. He is so sweet, and I t- <laughs> tweeted at him that I like that was my first celebrity crush at like thirty two, because I was like I can't even like I'm literally like fantasizing about like going to the prom with Tom Everett Scott like a thing that I you're right like I don't I wasn't really into Leo I wasn't a Brad Pitt girl I didn't like George Clooney like I'm not like oh my god so sexy I didn't have like in sync posters on my wall but I saw that thing you do and I was like heart a flutter and yes. and I tweeted at him and I really just shot my shot I'm like hey like look we're like three weeks into this pandemic like you're or if you're at home and you want to come on the podcast <laughs> he was so nice he was so nice and he totally um humored me for like an hour and it was so it was so sweet and I'm still waiting for him. he's been married for like 30 years he got married when he was like five and um and I'm still, and he has like, you know, kids in college, but I'm still waiting for him to realize that, you know, maybe you're the one, maybe I'm the one. <laughs> and the, the book, the book, the, the book recommendation, which we can reveal yes. the newest book I sent you, that whole book is about a celebrity, you're that dream of a celebrity being like, no, you're the one like catching eyes with instinct and then being like, no, you're the person I've been looking for my whole life. That makes me, it's so exciting. That whole idea is so exciting to me. Not even as me as the main character, but there was a picture of Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin when they were little. Like I assume Mm -hmm. that, you know, the ball, like, Baldwin brother whatever which other one is her dad is it Billy is it I don't know whatever Stephen Stephen is her dad I actually don't know Baldwin's pulled some strings probably got their you know Haley backstage she's probably a Justin Bieber fan like every other kid was in 2009 2010 and there's this picture of them as two kind of little like kids like he's the the, yeah he's got the little like swoopy hair and the hoodie and she's this little blonde you know wearing her like you know candy necklace and a headband and a little polo shirt and they look so cute and now they're married and like that to me is so amazing and I also on the same note as Justin Bieber with my fantasy of Tom Everett Scott is that (laughs) Justin Bieber when he used to do tours when he was like 12 used to sing he used to pull up one girl from the audience to sing one less lonely girl or whatever that song is called I'm like yeah like I guess it's called that like I don't know and um he would give her a bouquet of flowers and she would sit in the stool and he would serenade her and I just thought like that is so special I could live off that high for a long time if that was Tom Everett Scott singing that thing you do 
to me (laughs) in my my 30s (laughs) but I love that idea of like oh you're a norm not like Haley Baldwin was ever normal because she's a Baldwin but like you know you're a normal person in the world and you know you catch the eye of a of a famous celebrity that everyone wants to marry or fuck and it's you yeah. and so that is the book that you sent me yesterday I know we were going to talk about robes but I just feel like we're on like another like plane right now Jessica you, this is your podcast well man. I know but I will we'll put the robe in at the end but I feel like we're really like on okay. one right now tell me okay. so okay so like that's a really good intro to this book we are everywhere okay. today that's that's fine um so the book is called the idea of you yep and this is the funny part about this book. So for my birthday, my husband is the ultimate birthday giver. I I don't, like, the night before, I'm like, what can I get for him? It's like he plans this out, like, months in advance. Mm-hmm. So for my birthday this year, because no one can go anywhere, um, he he rented a hotel rented he whatever you say a hotel got booked a hotel yeah for i'm like his- what is that called <laughs> it's been so long <laughs> he booked a hotel for <laughs> my son my son and himself to get out of the house because one of my most favorite things of life is to be alone so and i have not been alone at all wow. so they went off to a hotel and how old is your son he's six okay so so then he said and now he said um I have sent my best friend is Allie who lives in New York. He's like, I have sent, I bought Allie an air fryer. Your air fryer is in the kitchen. I, he overnighted this like vegan nacho mix of the two of us, which she is not vegan. He said for the rest of the day, you guys are just going to make snacks in the air fryer. Like the freezer was loaded with everything you put in the air fryer and FaceTime the whole day. So like you're together, even though you're not, I mean, it, she's like, I got an air fryer out of your birthday. Like, why is this the coolest thing ever? So anyway, so oh my god. So we're FaceTiming or whatever. And she was like, oh my God, you have to read this book, The Idea of You. She's like, I'm gonna love it. She's like, I'm gonna buy it for you right now, but I have Dan's address in my phone, so I'm just gonna send it to him. So like fast forward a month, she was like, Did you get that book? And I'm like, No, I never got it. And then Dan overheard, he was like, Oh my gosh. I got that book and I had no idea who sent it to me because it's this <laughs> book called The Idea of You. And he was like, oh I didn't God. know if some like girl had like a crush on me or like, <laughs> and he was like, and then I was going to tell you about it. And then I just forgot because of homeschool and work. And he was like, but here, here's your book. So anyway, <laughs> I opened that book. Honestly, I after and- I will say after the story you've told about your husband doing that for your birthday, I think a lot of women are going to be sending the idea of you to your husband. <laughs> so I don't think it's that crazy out of the can question. I just, can I just tell you, my husband, we've been married for 20 years. And um, on my very first birthday, he started this thing called Mernonica, which is the combination of my last name and Hanukkah. Uh-huh. So it's a seven day celebration of my birthday. And there's this thing called Mernonica Angels that, um, which is weird because he's an atheist, but um, the Mernonica Angels leave a present in our house for the seven days. And it's random things like this amazing chocolate bar that's like in my pillow or like I open the shower and there's like a new soap that I wanted. Aww. So anyway, he's so good at birthdays. I am not. 
Um, That's really but, nice. Yeah, it is really nice. So anyway, the I the idea of you. It is about a 39 year old woman on the verge of 40. She takes her daughter to a kind of like a Harry Styles One Direction type because they're British. Yes, boy band type thing. The lead of the boy band falls in love with her that night, and it is about their illicit, like this, like sexy. It it is yes, like it is. There's a part where he. I've never said this word before out loud. There's a part where he fingers her through her underwear. You've never said fingers? Well, on a podcast. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, Jessica. <laughs> I'm like, you've never said that out loud? You've been married for 20 no, years? Not on a podcast. He fingers but, um, her. I mean, through her underwear. Because she was like, you can't touch me. Try to make me calm in another way. And so he does it through her underwear. And then it's just like. You weren't, ex- you, you don't expect it to get that like 50 shades of gray, Damn. but it, but it does it in such a, and you want this, you want all of these women's clothes. Like you, the way that she describes the, they drop a lot of like designer names. Like it's so like pulled together. She wears a lot of like the row and like heels and pantsuits. Like she just is like, I don't have that type of body. Like I, I've got hips and tits and that like a nice row pantsuit probably not going to work for me but well, um I'm, a, I'm the only thing that's really disappointing is that I really wish the story was like yeah and then she was there in her old navy sweats and Harry Styles was like I couldn't want to fuck you more and then I'm like wow I totally relate to this and then I saw her and she hadn't showered in three days and I thought hmm there's someone I want to finger like <laughs> I know she really is but like she's so pulled together the whole time I there. love like, that for her man I want to be that together. <laughs> but um, wow. anyway, I'm so I excited. It. I read it in, if I did not have anyone at home, I would have read it in a day, but I had to, you know, got a lot. Yeah. You had here. that baby to get rid of the endo pain and now, <laughs> and now, <laughs> now you have to hang out with him. <laughs> um, that is that, did you like 50 shades? Like, did you get on that train? So I read that book and this is no, I, I, I sometimes hate critiquing other people's writing because as a author, you work so hard on a book. Yeah. But I will say, I mean, I think it was one of the worst written books I've ever read, <laughs> but it was also kept me captivated the whole time. And then it really kind of brought up this question for me that what constitutes a good book? Mm-hmm. Like, although the writing I didn't think was great writing, I finished that thing in two days. Like it kept me. So I think, you know, a lot of times when, you know, it's so funny because I actually gave a copy of the idea of you to my friend kind of forcing her to read it too. And she wrote me, she's like, you're one of the most like thoughtful and savvy and just one of the, like, I guess knowing women I know yet your choice of books is very surprising to me. And it's like, you can, you know, have a lot of different interests. A hundred percent. Also like the thing I really feel very deeply, one of my longest and strongest held opinions is that like, and I wrote a book all in email form, right? Like, Hey ladies is like all emails. It's like a parody of, you know, the worst parts of ourselves as women trying to plan events. And it's not, I'm not trying to write war and peace. And some of the things mm-hmm. that really 
bothered me when when Michelle and I put that book out in the world. I mean, it didn't really bother me. It was like a little, you know, it was like a little thorn in my side for like a minute is that there are some people who are like, I don't, you know, I don't like books like this. Like, they're not serious enough. Okay, there are plenty of serious books. Go read one. Did you really pick up my <laughs> yeah. book and think like, oh, this is literature? I'm ha- We're having right, fun totally. here. There's enough room in the world for lots of different kinds of books. And I, and I sometimes feel like critique ends up in a place where we're all being compared to something we were never trying to emulate. Like just because it's like words on a page, like words on a page doesn't mean that like, we're all trying to make the same path to, you know, one of like, you know, like Dickens or, you know, Louise May Alcott. Like I, I didn't write my book thinking like, Oh, I hope people think this is like little women. (laughs) Like, I don't know. That never crossed my mind. The only thing that my book uh, has in common with, you know, Moby Dick is that they're both books. And (laughs) and that's all. And I don't know. Absolutely. It's crazy. I mean, and I think that goes to TV, too. Like, I'm looking for a new house right now. And the realtor was like talking about this, like this, the front room. And he was like, well, you guys don't watch a lot of TV, so you wouldn't care. I'm like, Wait, what? I watch TV like <laughs> Who probably told you that? way more than anyone should. Like, what? Just because I write serious things sometimes, or like I don't watch TV. Yeah. Like, it's just we contain I, multitudes. No. Yeah. So yeah, my husband reads like feminist literature, and I'm just like, Cute. give me the uh, that other book. You know, it's I hate you know I hate when people call things chiclet because what does that mean? Uh, I think if you I think so. Yeah. No, what would you like to call it though? Because I books. because book but 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 I think sometimes like how it where do you want a, it to sit on the shelf? Because to me it's like beach read sort of like takes away from it in some ways. Like Serena calls it medium trashy, but although mm-hmm. she did tell me an author reached out to her that she called medium trashy, she was like, Oh, I'm medium trashy. Um yeah, so can't what win. do you call it? Because it's not women's fiction. Because that <sighs> I guess for, I don't know what do you call it for me like my interpretation of of those and I'm saying this with air quotes those kinds of books is like it's like book bubble bath or like mental Xanax mm-hmm. like yeah. it's like book Xanax it's like there are books that I like you know but that really re- it's like watching Pretty Liars with your phone like there are some books where you're like I'm just in the mood to you know bring a cold drink out in the backyard and like sit down and may, you know, and like let my mind wander and read this book. There are some books that you really have to give a hundred percent of your brain to get through. And then for what, for bragging rights to say that you read it or to like be part, you know what I mean? Like read what you want. But I feel like I tend to go more for a book that's like just fun. And also, and I say this about Ellen Hildebrand all the time because she is one of my favorite author and I reread her books all the time because it is like not like candy to me in the way that it's like oh it's you know chiclet or it's like beach reads but it's but it it's well written writing that makes me feel comfortable and makes me feel excited to turn the page and doesn't require all of my brain and I'm not trying to parse the meaning between the lines and like I'm not doing like a a character essay for college about it afterward I'm just enjoying a book I think so much of right of 
of book culture is like showing off what you are reading um, or proving. And then feeling shame for, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, eeks, I read this like funny book. It's yeah. like, I know it's kind of fun. It's like, like, I know it's about a fucking, yeah. Oh, it's the shopaholic, but like, oh, I know it's like so, cr- like, don't defend it. You don't have to defend it. There, are- I know whenever someone gives me a book, they're like, this my husband's parents give me a lot of books. And one of them was like, in a war-torn city, a 15-year-old reflects. It's like, nope. <laughs> like, like, no thanks. No. Like, is it a 39-year-old that works in publishing is trying to, like, find her, like, lost love? Yes, give yeah. me that. Yeah. And, like, there's not – like, reading is reading. You know, like, buying books is buying books. Going to the library is going to the library. Like, all of these things support this sort of industry. It's so weird when people get really – uh, precious, about pres- precious, and then pious about, yeah. you know, oh, like I'm reading this, and w- what I loved about Fifty Shades of Grey, and I didn't like it, yes, but I love that it was fan fiction, and I love that like she had never written like a. a I, am I right yes. in that she hadn't written a book before? No, it, that it was that book was her fan fiction. Good for so her. It's and to me, it's like so when I say it was one of the worst written books, like that's. You know, I just mean like grammatically, yes, like yes, some yes, of yes, the yes. styling of the words, like amazing. Like you wrote a book that everyone loves, and technically, it's not great literature. Who yeah, cares? Who cares? And I and, and she fucking is loving life with the money in the bank from <laughs> yeah, that. Book. I would love that experience. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And for Ellen Hildebrand books, you know, not all quote unquote beach reads are the same. She is an incredible writer. There's a reason why everyone likes her books. Like she writes really well. And similarly, so Jessica emailed me about the idea of you yesterday or two days ago, rather. And one of the things you said was that you've now been trying to pick up other books and to to kind of chase that high and you haven't been able to find it. And that's how I feel when I finish an, an Ellen Hildebrand book, which is that like there's some it's not it's not just about a book that's about two two like star-crossed lovers like hanging out at the beach like her writing is amazing that's why I like to read it it's great right and so you pick up another book that has a similar cover where it's like you know a towel on a beach chair in the wind (laughs) and you're like okay well this will probably give me that same sort of feeling and it never ever ever delivers and it's because good writing about a subject that isn't really considered serious is great. <laughs> like can be an yes. amazing reading experience. Um, yeah, no, all I, all I, uh, yeah, we need to figure out a new, cause even on, so when you get a book published with Penguin, this has been one of the greatest things you mm-hmm. get 50, you get 50% off their books. So I've been going oh to God. town on books. So, but even in, on their website, all the books that I'm buying are in the women's fiction section. And it's, that's fine. Cause you know, a lot of the characters are women. But men's but, fiction but isn't a section. 
Right. So it's like, what could, like, I don't know if the bubble bath book thing mm-hmm. might be a little too long, but we need to come up the with BBB. like some sort of name. There has to be something that isn't beach reads, or we have to spend our time, uh, you know, stripping the idea of, of chick lit and beach reads as something that is less than another mm-hmm. book by a man. Um, those books sell like Ellen Hildebrand's doing great. <laughs> um, she's, <laughs> she's living, you know? Yeah. And one of my favorite stories that she told when she came on the podcast and when I had talked to her, cause she knows I'm her number one fan. And I think she probably is a little scared of me, but, but that's fine. Um, (laughs) but like, I love her so much, but, and I've talked to her every chance I can. And she, one of the things she has always told me is when she was at Iowa for writing, she wrote a ton about, you know, characters in Nantucket and she wrote what she knew and home. And she said, everyone in her class made fun of her because they were all writing about death and sadness and like mm-hmm. disease. And like, she was writing about like love stories at a restaurant in Nantucket. And she's like definitely the most successful out of her yes. class. And it's like, you know what? You can celebrate a 50 shades of gray moment. And you can also say it's no, you know, Moby Dick or like, it's not war and peace. Like no shit. There's a reason why I haven't bought war and peace <laughs> and tried to read it. I'm not interested. Like I'm yeah, not no, in college. Absolutely. I, yeah, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't feel less than for your choices of television or reading. No, it's just and like I even hate the phrase guilty pleasure. It's like no, I actually feel just pleasure. No guilt watching <laughs> Salt Lake City Housewives. It's the one thing that has brought like the first. I haven't seen the second reunion yet, but the first reunion was like, thank you. Yeah, like I needed this today. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I love New Jersey housewives. I love all housewives. They're all they're all great to me. Except OC, I refuse to watch. No, no, OC no, no. we're done with OC. She, it really yeah. needs to, uh, that needs to go away. Um no, I t- couldn't agree more. I think the more like you have to do things that you enjoy. I think the second you stop giving a shit about like and also if if you're a person who's like I love reading like Russian literature and like that's the thing that I love cool but what is worse than trying to slog through a book that everyone is talking about and you're like I don't get this isn't working for me are you um a book abandoner if you're not into it well I'll have to say I've abandoned two books since the idea of you <laughs> and I mean this has only been in two days and I'm hyping up this book I'm really so excited hard. to read it. I'm but, so excited but to read it. I, I hope that other people like it just felt so fun. But yeah, I um but it's funny because I will try very hard to not be a book abandoner because I just feel like I owe it to the characters and the writer to finish it. But sometimes I'm like, eh. Which was much easier to do at the library. Sure. Because you're like, There's I'll no just deal. return it. But then when I actually buy it, I'm like, uh, I guess I gotta I know. And then it read sits this. on my shelf. There's also I, I always feel those like TBR memes pile memes like so hard because like my bookshelves are stocked with books I haven't read yet and I'm always like oh gotta go buy another book <laughs> and I always just imagine okay, you know like, what, what I me? do <laughs> you know what I do that feels so good and tell me I don't I don't know if you get a lot of galleys and books sent to you I do yeah but okay so every I do it four times a year so every season I put all the books that I do not want, or maybe I've already interviewed the person or I've already read it. Mm -hmm. I put them all out on my porch and I text 20 people I know that live in Charleston. And I say, 
first dibs, come and get them. It's kind of like this nice. thing that people now know where it's going to happen. Cool. And it's a way to kind of like weed it out, but also know that it's going to someone that's going to be excited about it. Mm-hmm. And by the end, like the end of the weekend, all the books are gone and oh, it just feels great. freeing. That's a great idea. There is so much Because you don't want to just drop them off. Like when I I get, I'm sure you do. I get so many books, like books that I didn't even ask for or no one told me they were going to send them to me. And I don't want to just drop them off in a dumpster that maybe Goodwill might pick up or might not pick up. Right. And it's like, I, I feel like it's not respectful to the author or something. So I like to give them away. Yeah. No, I think that's a really great idea. I feel like especially right now, it's like a nice sort of distance thing you can do if someone comes by, like waves to you from outside. It's like yes, safe. Yes. And I like dropping things off at little the little libraries near me. I think in New York, it was a lot easier when I lived in Brooklyn. Like you knew if you put out a box of books, like there would be none left in like two hours. Totally. LA, I live in a very residential neighborhood now in LA. I think that would take a little bit more time, but I like the idea of just like kind of putting it, even if it was like on Instagram and someone like, I'm not afraid of the post office. So if you wanted to like pay for shipping, like I'll send you whatever books you want, you know, um, (laughs) it doesn't scare me. Uh, no, I really, I really like the idea of, so I'm, I'm not precious at all about books. I think books are meant to be shared and put back into the world. And I don't think you have to keep every single book that you've read as like a trophy of your reading or whatever. My husband doesn't agree with me. He's really precious about his books and he and I both had have these massive book collections that every house we have moved to um, because we've lived in three different places together now is like this whole thing about like where all the books going to go. And so finally, before we moved to Los Angeles, I was like, you know, the books are the thing that's costing us the most money to move because they are heavy. <laughs> right. Like we, we left. No, I have the same dude. Yeah. I remember sitting in Chicago and I remember this so well, we're, we're about to move. And my husband has a master's in English. So like he has like all of these insane, this book collection, all of them are this fucking thick. And like, we're going through the books and like, do you need this like biography about Daniel Pearl still like do you need this about like all of these very dark topics like I don't you already read them like I don't see you referencing these again but the answer is yes right he said yes oh yeah we have them all so and I mean I have to respect that because it's like you know I have a very large caftan collection and they all kind of look the same but um but I wear them every day that's the difference and they're right and they're pretty and those books aren't pretty I mean Dan also English lit major and it's yeah you know everyone's precious about their I mean I have way yeah exactly I have way more clothes I have way more shoes like you know it's hard because the only thing that he really has a multitude of is books and so it feels unfair for me to be like you have to call that collection I'm keeping all of my skincare and <laughs> and when we the when books we, just weigh so and they Dan do also it was giant so record collection yes. too and I'm just like which it's fine I we actually I built this was another thing I spent money on um not pre-pandemic I had like this huge built-in built that's like floor to ceiling yeah that all of the books are in there and the doors close so you don't actually love that it's this like it's this great like moment where you open it and you're like oh like all the books but I don't have to see them all the time I love I like we we have a room with like um our in our bedroom is a big built-in floor to ceiling bookshelf that was already there and it's it's great but even more even like now the books are on top of other books you know it's like a, a thing 
And it was so expensive to move them that now I'm like, oh, we have to keep them because we just spent all this money. Like if we're moving them to L.A., we're not, we can't get rid of them after we paid hundreds of dollars to get them here. Um, but Dan, I said to Dan, I'm like, can you go through your books and just, you know, get rid of some of the ones um, that, you know, you're. Yeah. Like, can we get rid? And he picked he found one book that he had two copies of and he got rid of one mm. copy and i was like thank you that's so nice. much that's great thank, thanks dan <laughs> super helpful it was like a, and it was like a tiny mass market like john steinbeck that weighed maybe like an ounce and he's like okay i did it <laughs> I'm like, all right man thanks thanks for all your help um i i like cannot i love that you came and we were like we're gonna talk about this bathrobe and then we went on this book tangent forever but i need to give you a recommendation that i'm really hoping can hold your attention in the spirit of um what is the book that you just recommended called? Uh, the idea uh, of you. The idea of you. So it is a Helen and Ellen Hildebrand, um, because there is one for every mood. Um, but Nantucket Nights is one of her, I think, shortest. It's like a quick. It's a quickie read. Um, it came out like 15 years ago. Similarly, there is a very like torrid affair that happens. Page Turner. Great descriptions. Very fun. I really think that you could, I think you would like it. And I really want, I mean, and I, order want it today. I want to be the person that gives you the recommendation that you, you're like, I read the book. I couldn't get through any other books after that because I love that book so much. And then I found this book and I also liked this book. Great. I'll read it. I, I did get the au pair. I don't know if you read that one. Wait, I heard of that. Tell me more. It's just, I mean, I think it's just about here. I'll show you the cover. Let me go. Oh, I haven't even it's, seen that. This one is more of like a thriller, but it's like, it's some sort of like, I don't know. I thought maybe I could transition to a thriller and that would help. What kind of, have you read, um, have you read The Couple Next Door? Yes. Okay. Yes. Is it a, is it a good thriller like that? I, I haven't even started it. It's just like oh, okay. the one that I was going to go to next. I really want, and, and you do hard books. You don't do a Kindle. Yeah, I cannot. I cannot. And that's the thing, like so many publishers right now are sending digital galleys and I'm like, I'll wait until the book comes out. Yeah. I don't like reading things on a screen. See, I'm not. I don't retain it. I do not retain information if I read it on a screen. I get that. I, I, I'm a big Kindle person, but I find that the problem is, is if I go to a bookstore and actually see the physical copy of the book, I can't remember if I read it or not because all Kindle books look exactly the same and there's no <laughs> defining, you know, there's no like, oh, that's the cover. Or like, oh, totally, this was a totally. thick book or like, oh, this was, a I didn't know Nantucket Nights was, was, uh, was short until I saw it uh, compared to her other book. You know, you just don't really understand the length yeah, yeah, of something. Yeah. But that's the problem is that sometimes I'll be like, oh, I haven't read this. And then I'll be like halfway through a book and I'm like, I've read this. Like I bought, oh, you wow. know, you buy the hardcover and you're like, mm, no, I've done, I've been yeah. down this road before. So I like a Kindle because I like that it gives you options, but I do wish, I wish without having to buy the like iPad looking Kindle that you could get some sort of visual that's like, here's the cover of the book and you know, here's what it look. Here's what the spine looks like. Because I really do feel like when I walk in to buy books, I like have no recollection of anything I've ever read because That's it's all just so words on interesting. a screen. Yeah. Cause I actually, like, if you were to ask me, what are all the books you read over the pandemic? Mm -hmm. I could not tell you, but I could tell you what all the covers looked like. I don't remember names of books that well either. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, it's hard, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. The Kindle, the Kindle for me is so um 
easy because I feel like it's just so portable, you know, like you just throw No, dude, I wish that I liked it. I just, I know. Um, let me tell you this real quick. Please. When I was, I was going through the adoption process and they, in the process, they kept on saying, we have a special nook that has all of the books. Cause when you adopt, you have to create a book about yourself that birth moms yeah. can read. Yeah. And so they're like, we have a special nook. It has all the books there. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot wait to see this beautiful nook that they keep on talking about. So I was like waiting for the day that we got to see the nook with all the books and everything. And then they handed me like an iPad thing. They're like, here is the nook. <laughs> and it was like a literal nook. <laughs> Like the the Barnes and Noble e-reader? Because they were like, we're going to go get the nook. And I'm like, are they going to carry in that wooden? Like I pictured it to be this beautiful antique. Oh my God. Yeah, that's so funny. fucking Barnes and Noble nook. I really love that. I really love that. Wait, wait. Also, um... Off the, I know I said, oh, you had that baby to get rid of your envelope pain. I didn't realize oh, you yeah. had adopted. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Jessica Mernan, as a bonus, because now we've been talking for like almost an hour and a half and we haven't even like gotten to the road. Just shout out the robe that you love. Okay. And we will find a place for it like in the show notes or on the site. And if you want to shoot me an email, like why you love it, that will be a bonus for listeners to go in on the site and find it because we thought we were going to be talking about robes, but then we just talked about books and pretty little liars. And I think we've never really had a big conversation here about books. So I'm really happy we did that. Um, oh, wow. Okay, good. But we are a so- Koyuchi like loyal podcast. So <laughs> I love my waffle robe. I prove me wrong. Tell me what you okay. love. So first of all, that robe that you like is short. I cannot do a short robe. Got it. When you don't shave your legs, which I hardly ever do right now. Sure. If you're bloated, if you feel gross about yourself, to me, a short robe does not make me feel better about myself. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Equally are you, are you tall? a show. What? Are you tall? No, I'm five five. Oh. Lucky. So all robes are short I, on me though. I'm five eight. So like oh you are. So if you have a long okay. robe rack, I'm interested because even okay. the long robes are like midi skirts on me. Okay. Second, to me, and I think your waffle is close, but maybe not totally. I think one of the things that makes me feel most gross about my body is a big, fluffy white robe. They're bulky. They're like whenever you go to a hotel and they're like put on the robe, it's like. Ew. Like this makes me feel interesting. Like it just doesn't make me feel, but I'm also bloated a lot with my endo. So I found these robes that are basically the equivalent of like a caftan, but in a robe. Yeah. They're very, very long. They have like very long, like kind of butterfly kimono type sleeves. Mm -hmm. It's also very soft. Now, is it going to suck up all the water when you get out of the shower? No, but I do feel pretty when I walk around in it so in it's my like house. A house and dress. It's more, yeah, like a house dress. But I have I live in robes, and living in like a short robe, it just makes me feel gross about myself. That's interesting. <laughs> like I love a big towel robe, but I love it for like post shower purposes. 
I'm not like but not lounging. No, right? no, no, no. I never lounge in my like bathrobe bathrobe. I mean, I lounge in the waffle yeah. robe, but I wear it like over like my sweatpants and a tank top or whatever. Like it becomes. Okay. But okay. So then you get the long robe. Sure. That is really pretty. And now you have like this, it feels kind of like this, you know, put together situation. You could still wear it over. Like I, I, like I usually that. wear mine over just like a pair of like pajama tight pants. And now sense. that I got a breast reduction, I feel like I can wear bras without it being pornographic to sure. the whole house. Sure. So yeah. So now I just wear the long robe. It's called Novica is the robe brand. Okay. I'm writing it's, it down. It's it's thin. Okay. Like I'm not saying this is going to keep you warm at night. No, but no, this no. Is it's a like, good... a, it's a lounge. It's like a lounging. Robe. It's a, it's, it's a lounging robe. That's so different. I mean, I can, I can be both. Like I can have my waffle robe. Like, like I, maybe I can be a three robe gal. You know, mm-hmm. you have your big fluffy robe for a post shower. You have your waffle robe for like when I get up and like have to take the puppy outside, but I'm like not wearing yeah. much clothes. And and then I want something that like makes my sweats feel like an outfit, which maybe yes. is this. I I got to the point four weeks ago, so specific, but about a month ago. <laughs> You're like, it was Monday was like, at 11 a.m. <laughs> I got to this point where I was like, I am embracing this loungewear look, but I was like, I don't feel great about myself in this old sweatshirt and pajama pants. So sure. I went and I, maybe we can include this in the show notes too. I went online. I actually bought it from Amazon. Sorry, but Don't I bought bother. this like silky kind of sexy, um, like pajama set. Okay. And I actually just feel better about myself during the day. Honestly, I think if there's anything we learned from this year, it's that like there's only like, you know, everyone makes that joke. Like, you know, at 5 PM, I take off my day leggings and I put on my night leggings. Like you really do have to have, like, I bought a lot of matching sweatshirts and and sweatpants in the last year because even comfy clothes need to make you feel a little put together. Like there's only so many days where I can wear like a raggedy t-shirt and like, and like sweatpants that have like grease prints on them from me, like wiping my, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you have to yes. elevate, like, I'm not, I'm not ready to put on jeans, but sometimes when I put on like my tie dye sweatpants and my tie dye sweatshirt, I'm like, oh, I'm in an outfit. Like, yes, it sweats. No, I'm not leaving the house, but I feel like I got dressed and that makes a huge difference yes. in like my mental ability for the day. Like, I feel like I can get and things be, done. Yes. And like, let's be clear. I'm doing it for myself. You know no, what I mean? Yeah, it's like, totally. I don't care if my husband thinks I'm hot or whatever. It's just, uh, Absolutely. I just want to feel a little better. I always say to Dan, it would be too much paperwork for you to divorce me. I don't care. Like <laughs> you, he always, you know, we always joke that we're going to like YouTube tutorial the divorce, but, but, uh, but it's a mutual joke. No one's actually going to divorce, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm doing it for me. And I'm also, well, I'm a particular person where if I'm like sitting down to do a day's worth of work, I need to feel clean. And like, I put, I even put on like Mm -hmm. lipstick for myself and like, you know, maybe I will shave up to my knees from feeling crazy, but yeah, you do want to feel there's so much about this year that made me feel less of less human. And whether it was like, you know, missing actual in real life interactions or just putting on real clothes and like going out and like doing things, you know, you have to sort of like only if for a few weeks in March was I comfortable getting up and like just staying in the same clothes I slept in 
all day. Mm -hmm. And then at some point it was like, okay, I'm going to change my underwear and like change my sweatpants. There's still sweatpants, but they're they're my outfit sweatpants. You know, you, you like kind of build a new environment for yourself. I think that, that having a robe that feels almost like you're wearing a dress, but it's like a robe is exactly the, the like, I kind of picture myself like Elizabeth Taylor when I wear it, just kind of obviously gore glance because all she did was wear caftans and robes like all the time tell me again the name of the brand novica with n-o-v-i-k-a and you can actually it's one of those brands where it's context matters yeah like try to not look at the styling of it and just try to picture it on yourself got it I love that. What a great recommendation. And we got to talk books and we got to talk Pretty Little Liars. Um, This has been like such a wonderful, this might be like our longest, one of the longest episodes we've ever done. I think it's wonderful. Jessica Renan, thank you so, so much for coming to do things just for Oh my it. gosh. Thank you. We will link to everything in the show notes, including ordering uh jessica's book uh know your endo coming out at the end of april you can pre-order it now um we've talked about this before but for authors it's super important to get those pre-orders it like shows up on someone's spreadsheet and it determines whether you'll be able to write another book again so it's a great way to (laughs) support like some marketing like person at the publishing house like is delivering those numbers to their boss and and Jessica's fate is in your hands. So if you're thinking about buying the book, there's no harm in pre-ordering it. It's like a gift for yourself. We will link to everything we talked about, including Pretty Little Liars, all of our book recommendations, like various, maybe even the air fryer that Jessica has. I'll go and get the name of it. I'm so excited um, that you were able to join us. Thanks for giving me your time. Thank you. And we will see you all next week for another episode.